My name's Ruth Locker, as you heard, and I want to uh, introduce you to Alison and Andrea. I call us the Three Musketeers. We're actually uh, in charge of the prayer ministry at St. Paul's, but we're also in a prayer triplet. Uh, our prayer triplet happened, uh, it's quite, I think it's quite a good story. Andrea, Alison moved to Leamington about two years ago. Andrea's been in Leamington for a long time, and, and I have as well. Being, I've been at St. Paul's a long time. And I, I heard that Andrea and Alison were actually starting to get together and pray and think about uh, dreams and dream interpretation. And when I heard that, I thought, oh, goodness me, that's something I want to do. So I said to Andrea, I'm coming along. I didn't say, please, may I come along? I just said, I'm coming along. So I went and joined them, and that's how our prayer triplet started. And then we needed somebody else to lead the um, prayer ministry in church. And because we were a prayer triplet... And we actually feel it's quite nice to lead something in a group. So we actually complement each other uh, really well. So we actually lead the prayer ministry together. But it's, uh, it's really, really exciting, I think, what God is starting to do in St. Paul's. And what God is, well, he's always on the move, isn't he? But it is really exciting. Um, Alison is going to lead us in some teaching, which is fantastic. And then Andrea and I will be doing other little bits and pieces on the way. So can I just pray for you, Alison? I know we've all, we've Dawn, you've prayed anyway. But Father, I just thank you for Alison. I thank you for the woman that she is. I thank you for the way that you've called her to this ministry and given her the gift of teaching. And I pray now, Lord, that you will really inspire her and bless her as she teaches us now in your name. Amen. No, I think, can you hear me? Yes, good, I'm going to be here. Right, um, for those of you who, who don't know me at all, I was 28 years in Hong Kong, came back two years ago, and I ran a ladies group in my home in Hong Kong for 25 years. And it was amazing because all these things that I now teach, I could learn through having lots of ladies coming in our door. Young ladies, older ladies, people that didn't know the Lord, people that had known the Lord for many years. And it was kind of like a, a training ground, a, a hub, like a home hub to grow Christian ladies. And it was such a blessing. Now, um, can I just have a rough idea? Is prophetic prayer or learning to listen or hearing from God, is it totally new to you? If you just pop your hand up and say, I've never even heard of that. You're talking way off my page. Just be brave enough so that I at least know, thank you, what we're pitching it at. Um, now, so if I was to say hands up who everybody who finds it easy to hear from God, we may have a few or we may have a lot. But if I was to say, hands up those who have been tempted in any way and have recognized that voice of temptation, we'd probably all put our hands up because we've all been tempted. Whether we'd call ourselves a Christian or not a Christian, almost every person has been tempted to do something they don't want to do. Whether it's eat a dozen cream cakes on the way home or it's going impulse by that dress that they haven't got the money for. So that voice of temptation, we feel we can hear fairly clearly, and that comes in as our own voice, but we may say it comes from our own inner desires, or we may say it might come from the enemy of God. So 
If we can hear that one, God, one voice, God's voice coming in also can sound like our own thoughts. So we can equally, we can hear both sides. Um, when we're born again of the Spirit of God, when we become Christians, to hear God's voice becomes natural. It's like we learn the language of God. And it's when you have a toddler, and there's lots of toddlers here, and they're starting to talk, we don't mind if they point at a cat and say it's a cow. We think, oh, how cute that is. They're learning. Same with God with us. When we step out and learn to listen to what's the voice of God, he always lovingly encourages us on, as we do with our children. So, why do we hear then? And I've given you basic notes. You can follow through. I might not follow through, but I'll do something similar. Why would we be able to hear? And the answer is because right at the beginning, God made Adam and Eve to walk and talk in the garden with him. He made them for companionship with him so they could hear him and he could hear them. That's what it says in the word. They could hear him. He could hear them. It was a two-way communication with God. And that is how God desired us to be. And then, of course, we all know the, the story I'm not going to really go into of the fall when Adam and Eve were turned out of the garden because um, Eve ate the apple. And then God used to talk through prophets of old, you know, with Moses in the burning bush, and God would talk. And then God sent Jesus. When Jesus died on the cross... He said, I'll leave you the Holy Spirit, which is a comforter, and you can speak. He will speak through you. We can be filled with the Spirit. That's why in 1 Corinthians 4, 14, 1 to 3, it says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. For everyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. Indeed, no one understands him. He utters mysteries with his spirit. But everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. So what do I mean when I say that? When it says in the Bible, eagerly desire the gift of prophecy, what is that? What basically it is, is when we're praying, and how prayer becomes prophetic prayer, is when we're praying, instead of just giving our list, Lord, I want a new roof and a new gardener and a, you know, all these things we pray are lists. They're good. That's no problem with prayer lists. That's a good and proper thing. But we want to learn to pray two-way. So we ask God, come before God with someone on our heart for prayer and say, please heal my friend. And then we stop and listen. This is when the prophetic part comes. We stop and listen, and we might feel God just nudge us, just whisper into our spirit. We have an impression about something. And so when it says, everyone who prophesies speaks to men for strengthening and encouraging, what that means is you might have a word or a picture or an impression, a feeling, just say to someone, I really feel that God would have me say this to you today to encourage you. So that's all it means. It's not a scary word. Prophecy is a mixture of divine, infallible revelation. That means God putting his thoughts into our spirit. So it's a mixture of that, God's thoughts, with our human understanding. So the word of God coming through us, but 
it's filtered through us and the way we hear and a lot of things will determine how clearly we hear and how much of God comes out in the words we share and how much of us come out in the words we share. That's why I say we need training and that's why it's good to have small groups come together in a safe place to have some training. So when it comes to being heard by his children, and we're all God's children, he doesn't compete or contend for our attention. Often he'll deliver just a whisper or a nudge. And it's easy to dismiss it if we don't know where it comes from. If we get that sense of something, but we don't know where it comes from, we can say, oh, you know, maybe that's not important. But he whispers into our spirit, inviting us to lend an ear or bend our ear towards him or our life closer to him. In intimacy, getting closer, finding out who God is, reading the Bible, chatting with other people, coming to groups like this. This is how you find out more about God. Maturity, we grow. We grow up in God. Things become second nature. First were baby steps, then were bigger steps. And consistency, if we, if we every day aim to have a few minutes in prayer, a few minutes in the Bible, maybe a few minutes speaking to a friend about God, then that helps us to be consistent in seeking who God is. And so we're going to do some um, fun, easy exercises a little bit later to help you to tune in. So then, what, why am I talking about this? Why am I t talking about prophecy and learning to hear from God? And it's not just to, to talk about a gift. It's to focus on God who is the giver of all gifts. It's part of how he equips the body to hear his voice, to bring healing and freedom to other people, and to bring our prayers to life. If we were just to pray every day, Lord, I want this, 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 and this, and we close our prayer book and we go away, we don't develop that relationship, that two-way relationship. We really want to have that two-way conversation. Lord, these are the concerns on my heart. I'm just going to sit and listen to you and see what you say. And then throughout the day, you might think, oh, gosh, I was just reminded maybe to pray for that person. I wonder what's going on with that person. And then a few days later, you get a phone call from that person. Oh, I've had a terrible week. I've had a terrible cold. I've been in bed, etc." And then you think, oh, maybe that nudge was God. And so little nudges like that help to build your faith and God can be shouting but we might not hear him you see as I said when we become Christians and God wants to talk to us we might not always be able to tap in and know what he's saying we might think it's just us we might think it's our imagination so we as we get closer to God we recognize maybe God's trying to talk to us and one thing that's important is that do we believe God is who he says he is and that he can do what it says he can do? Because I believe, and this is what it tells us in the Bible, that there's a frequency that our life was designed to be tuned into. And that's the unique voice of God. Because we were made to be body, mind, and spirit, that spiritual side, when we don't know God, and if you go to the Peace Fair or you look, open any newspaper, what's in there? 
astrology, read your star sign, what's going to happen today? Go along to, to fairs, oh, I'm going to have my tea leaves read, I'm going to, because there's a spiritual sized hole in everybody's life that doesn't know God. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> and so we have that need for spiritual fulfillment because that's how God made us to be. But because people don't always know God, that part is missing. And even those when we do, we need to learn how to tap into God's voice. Okay, so who hears? Well, we all come from very different backgrounds. We're all different ages. But as the body of Christ, we all hear from the same God. If you look at the bottom of the page, John 10 says, I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and I'm known by them. My sheep hear my voice, I know them and they follow me. So he, who is he referring to? If you are a Christian and a follower of Jesus, then we are all his sheep. And so all of us can potentially hear his voice. That's what it says in the word, my sheep hear my voice. There is a hunger built into us for the things of God because he made us to walk and talk with him. That's what he made Adam and Eve for, to be in communion with him so they could walk and talk in the garden. So we learn as we learn who we are in God, we learn the language of God. And so then the prophetic word, probably revelatory word might be an easier word to think of, is to help people to get through difficult circumstances to help them overcome, because Jesus has a, a word that will cut through to those in need. And for those of us who work in the well or in any form of prayer ministry, often when people come and say, I need prayer, I'm having this problem. As we sit and listen, Jesus gives us a specific word. It may be just a feeling, it may be a scripture, a prompting to ask the person, how do you feel about this? And then all of a sudden, it all comes out and there'll be tears and that'll be the road for healing. But we didn't know to ask that question without the whisper or prompting of God because he wants people to um, break through in that way. It helps often a lot of people come to salvation as well through a direct word from God through us. We can all speak that word of wisdom into someone's life that just turns the corner for them and makes them think, yes, I believe. I believe God is who he says he is and I want God to come into my life. And God uses all of us in ministry if we're willing because he wants us to be blessed to be a blessing. I remember my husband, he was a captain of an A330 flying in and out of China for a long time. And one day he said, can I bring one of the first officers home? Her name was Tracy. I said, sure, yeah, she can come for dinner. And she came for dinner and she'd been searching. She didn't know what for for many years. And we shared about Jesus with her. And she gave her life to Jesus at that time, started to come to church. But there were a lot of things about her. I'd pray with her. And I'd say, oh, I just sense this. I think God wants to work on that. And she'd be absolutely surprised and say, 
how did you know those things? And I said, well, I didn't, but God did, and he wants to heal you. He wants to draw you closer to him. So often it's a great evangelistic tool to be able to listen to someone for God. And that's what we're training. And in our prayer, in our prayer ministry, if you pray in a group of three or four, often in our prayer triplet, we'll sit for five minutes and say, right, we're not going to talk. We're just going to listen to what God says. And we listen, and then we say, right, what did he say to you? What did he say to me? And he gives us direction to pray the next step. So it's a very important tool in prayer ministry also. Now, there's a little clip of a cartoon you can see on your notes which says dear god how come i can never hear your voice and you see there's a radio on a screen on a phone on and so some of the reasons we might not hear in psalm 46 it says be still and know i am god now i don't know about you now i'm a bit older i know what it's like to be still when I was younger, I was never still. I loved to do anything, everything, all the time. So it's very hard to stop and listen to God when you're that sort of person doing everything all the time. So some ways to help might be to reduce our speed and busyness, to lower the ambient noise in our life and listen to God. That's quite important. Another is, do we believe God can speak to us and do we believe we can hear? And I think this is often a big stumbling block because do we believe, when you're sitting here, do you think, oh, that's all right for her. She can obviously hear, but I can't. But the promise is that we all can and it's just a case of learning. It's a new way of hearing inside our spirit. Often our emotional state affects whether we can hear. Often when we're very emotional, we can only hear panic. Because peace, and I love this, peace is the potting soil of revelation. So if we're at peace, we're more likely to be able to hear. And a couple more things are fear. Will I get it wrong? How if I'm sitting in a little group and we're asked to hear for somebody, will I get it wrong? Will I look silly? Will I have to say nothing? And these are very understandable while we're learning. And that's why it's safe in little groups to sit and listen together. And if you don't receive anything, that's fine. You sit and listen to everybody else. And we kind of have to take a step of faith and say, that will be all right. Okay? So God is, placing, is emphasizing on us to become more like him, a strong and godly character. And if the spirit of the living God dwells in us, which is what we believe when we're born again, the fruits of the Holy Spirit should be evident to us. So what are they then? They're love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control to be evident in our conduct and lifestyle. So for me, my, what I would say is, we want to be contagious carriers of the infectious spirit of God. I want that. You may or may not want that, but it's good to be working towards saying, when we're out among people that don't know God, could we say we're a contagious carrier of God? Are people going to see God in our life? Are we going to, God going to rub off through us? Because that's really what we're looking for. We want to be hearing God, seeing God, and following his lead.
So then how do we hear him? How do we know it's God? If we hear a nudge or a whisper in our spirit, how do we know? Often in our thought life, you might have lots of things running through your mind. Apart from the weekly shopping list and what you're going to do on holiday, and there are things that run through our mind, a track, a soundtrack, all day and sometimes all night when we're not sleeping well. But we want to know what is God in all that. And often we hear him like our own thoughts. It's not a booming. You just know in your spirit, you can hear like our own thoughts, spontaneous thoughts. He's trying to speak to us more than we think. You know, because God made us for two-way communion with him. So, a picture may suddenly cross your mind. You ever praying with somebody, and all of a sudden you get a picture going through your mind, and you think, oh, I don't know what that meant, but I'm going to pray into it a little bit. Sometimes we have no idea at all, but as we give a little, as we're saying with a friend, I'm really feeling, I'm being reminded of the 23rd Psalm. And it says, the Lord is my shepherd. And sometimes, if you know that person well, you can say, are you maybe feeling that you need to know God a little more? Or you're feeling he might not be your shepherd so much at the minute because you've drifted off a bit. So you, can you see how in prayer you can start to bring in God's thoughts into your prayers? Okay? So how, on page three, how, how do we know it's God? Or how might it happen? Well, firstly, seeing. We might see things like pictures, like words, like dreams, like a word of knowledge. And I'm going to explain a couple of these. If you get a picture, it can be a still picture like a camera film. Like I've had that when I've been praying for people. I've had a still picture of a situation. There was a girl... I was praying with for a long time. I had a picture of her one morning, and she was on a carousel ride, like at the fair. I could see all the colors and everything else, and I could see her face, but she wasn't happy. And I said, oh, I have a picture. It was I was in a counseling session praying for her, so she was expecting interaction. If I got that with anybody, I wasn't really. I would be thinking, what am I gonna do with that, Lord? I'm gonna sit on that for a while. And I said to her, I've got this picture, and she said, how did you know? And I said, I didn't know, but God knew. And something had happened to her after she got off that ride, something very horrible. And God wanted to heal her of what had happened. So he gave me that picture to unlock the situation in her life. And she went on to have much healing as a result of me sharing that picture. Another one with words. There was a friend of mine in a church and the vicar was saying, right, anybody who's got any words to share, share them, your feet of share. So he thought, this is going to be ridiculous. I don't know that I can stand up and share macaroni and cheese, because that was the words he got, macaroni, mac and cheese. And so he said, okay, out of obedience, I'm gonna stand up and say these two words, mac and cheese. And then he sat down thinking, oh no, and this other man stood up, and he said, thank you. He said, that's exactly what I needed to hear. 
I work at a company called Kraft in America. That's my biggest selling product, mac and cheese. And I was asking for a sign as to whether I should leave that job or not. But because of your word, I know not to, because that was God speaking, a reminder. He gave me that job. So can you see how the, those two little words that to us would seem ridiculous, I don't think I'd stand up and say, I've got two words, mac and cheese. I might now, because I've done this a long time, but I wouldn't have done 20 years ago. So God can give you something like that. Also another word of knowledge. In our Hong Kong church, we used to sometimes do words of knowledge throughout the congregation. So we'd ask, does anybody have a word of knowledge, like a sense of someone's got a sore elbow or someone's got a stiff neck or whatever. And so we had a little time where we involved the teenagers because they're great. They, they don't have unbelief like a lot of us who have been institutionalized might. Um, and I say that with all respect and lovingness. Don't hear me wrong. So these teenagers were saying, my son was saying, he, he stood up and he said, oh, I think someone's got, it's about the third vertebrae down in the neck, really stiff, can't turn their heads either side. And so we're waiting to see what happened next. This woman, older woman over the other side, stood up and said, that's me. Right, you got the words, you go and pray. So we'd get the teenagers in the church to do that 10 or 20 times and see a lot of healing because that was a specific word of knowledge from God. So this is the way God um, works to help. It's not just a, like a party trick or anything. It's to help bring healing to other people. To help unlock people in difficult situations. So sometimes there may be just a hearing. We hear it in our spirit. Sometimes you can be sitting praying, or even I can walk into places sometimes, and I hear that person needs help. And I'm thinking, okay, I've heard that, and I still have a choice what to do with it. I can say, okay, I'm going to pray for them. Pray you send them the help. And God might say, they might just need a word. Do you just go and ask them if they're all right? You see, this is a big, this is when the baby steps get a little bit bigger when you go into a place. My friends in Hong Kong used to say they couldn't leave me outside a shop because when they came out, I'd got a crowd of people, mainly because usually one person would come and talk to me. I don't know why they would talk to me, whether I've got a talk to me written on my face or something, but they'd come and talk to me and I'd share something. Then a few more would come and talk. And that's really how it starts because you're spreading the light of God and you're connecting other people with Jesus. And so when we pray and we get words and pictures and feelings, it is to connect another person with Jesus. It's not to say, oh, I can hear from God. It's not that at all. It's to say God loves these people so much. He sees their need. And sometimes their need can be answered through saying. I've seen some very deep healing just through having an impression. This woman in my Bible study group, she was a lady from Southern Ireland, and she'd had um, a few children, but she came for prayer. She was really upset one day. And she said, would you pray for me? And I said, well, what would you like me to pray? And she said, well, I can't tell you what I want you to pray. I just want you to pray peace. And instantly, the Lord showed me a picture of a, a girl. And this girl was about 10. And I explained all her features and everything. And the woman just started crying. And I said, what? She said, I had an abortion all those years ago, and I knew it was a girl. 
And she said, I feel that God's wanting me to release it. He's wanting to forgive me. He's wanting me to forgive myself. And he's wanting me to be healed. And out of just sharing that one picture that the Lord gave me for her, I saw a totally healed woman leave my house. That's why God gives us insight. To bring healing. For ministry. To build up the body. So sometimes we just have a feeling, a gut feeling. Or an intuition. Because God gave us our imaginations. He, he made us to be people that imagine, that feel. He gave us all our senses. And feeling is a very big part of who we are, especially once we're mums. Seems that a part of the brain, we become super feeling. And we will do anything to protect that life in us. I used to fly a light aircraft before I had a baby. And as my husband said, when I had my cesarean, I must have had a frontal lobotomy because after that time, I would no longer step foot in a light aircraft. But you know what that was? That was because I was a mother and I had to maintain life at all costs to bring up these children. So God made us these thinking, feeling, looking after people, looking into people's situations, people, especially women. All right? So we can't ever feel that our gut intuition is not from God because God gives us a gut intuition. You walk past somebody. I used to walk past people in Hong Kong, a young girl in tears or something, and I'd think, she's going to do something bad. This is not. She's very, very unhappy. And I'd just go and sit down beside her and say, can I pray with you? Yes. Just put my arm around her and pray with her. I minister to lots of people from gut intuitions because God's used those things um, to bring help. And the fourth one then is a knowing. We just know something that we couldn't have known in the natural. And people will come up and tell you, I believe God is saying this to you. Another person might come up and say exactly the same. Another person might be coming and telling you exactly the same because God's giving them a knowing. You couldn't possibly know that this was going on, but you know. You know how sometimes you just get a knowing in your knower? You know that that person's struggling with this. You know that you need to sit and pray with so-and-so. You know there's something you need to do to bring reconciliation in a relationship that isn't going well. Um... I want to share just quickly a very interesting one where I had a picture of a word. I get lots of pictures, and that started. I think my grandmother started to pray with me at about the age of five and taught me to talk to God, but also to listen. So to me, growing up, it was quite natural to talk and listen, that talking to God in prayer was always two-way because I wasn't just going to talk and not expect any response. And... Um, this is one I tell quite often because we'd booked a holiday to Sardinia and I didn't get any peace and I'd thrown the brochures away. And in the middle of the night, I said to God, where do you want me to go? And he said, Halkadiki. And I'm thinking, okay. So I went to sleep and I wake my husband up in the morning and I say, where's Halkadiki? And he said, I don't know. So we went to the garage, got the brochures out, opened it up. Halkadiki is where Thessalonica, where Paul went on a missionary journey went on that holiday, met a lovely family who'd been looking for God all their lives, and they gave their life to Jesus. So through, you see what I'm trying to build up? 
that just one little word, just one little act of obedience, just one little stepping out, people's lives can change. And listening to God is part of our prayer ministry. It's the difference between saying, today I'd like to pray for Mrs. Jones, <coughs> and saying, Lord, I have no agenda. Today, what would you like me to pray for? Both are good, neither are wrong. <coughs> Sorry, I've had a bad chest last week. Um, and encounters with revelatory, more mature people in revelatory or listening gifting will help us to become interested. Gosh, if they can hear, <coughs> if they can do that, so can I. So that's a good thing. We're learning together. <coughs> oh, excuse me. I thought that was better. So everything we do is to build up the church. And it says in 1 Corinthians, <clears throat> How is it then, brethren, whenever you come together, each of you has a psalm, a teaching, a tongue, a revelation, or an interpretation? <coughs> excuse me. Let all things be done for edification. So when we come together in groups like this, when we come together, like in my ladies' Bible study for 25 years, one would come and say, oh, can we sing this song this morning? I've got this song on my heart. Another might say, oh, guess what happened to me this week? I was walking along the path by the sea and this old lady was there and she was in tears and I went and I walked with her for half an hour and I found out this had happened and that had happened and you know we came together to share and build one another up and what I want to ask you today is do we do you have a heart to receive anything that the Lord would say do we have a heart that would receive want to receive anything that the Lord would say or would we sit there and say, ah, it's not for me, I'm a little bit frightened, because it's okay to be a little bit frightened, we were all a little bit frightened. I remember when the Lord first, when I first really realized that God spoke quite clearly to us, I remember not being frightened, but a little bit surprised. Um, and then, of course, I wasn't surprised, because I saw so many people being healed or set free, so many people turning to Jesus, just directly as a result of a word that I'd shared with them. So do if we have a heart to receive anything he wants to speak to us as we pray, as we pray together, I think that he will honor that and give us more, start to give us more. And in Luke 2:52 it says Jesus increased in stature and wisdom. and in favor with God and man. And we too go through that process. Um, so what I want to briefly look at is how do we know it's God's voice? Because we've already said we can hear our own soundtrack. If we can be tempted, we can hear other people's thoughts, um, impressions. If you've had your mum's been saying to you, um, shouldn't be doing this, 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 and this. That's going through your mind. If you've got temptation going through your mind, I've just got to go and do this, 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 and this, which isn't good. So how do we know when it's God? Well, often with God, it comes with his nature. 
Does it apply to the things we need to know? Does it line up with scripture? Because true words from God will always line up with what the Bible says. You know, the Bible says don't commit adultery, don't murder. If you think you're hearing anything which says it's all right to go off and have an affair with Mr. Jones, then I would suggest that's really, really not from God. So we need to weigh it in line with what the Bible says. And then when we feel we receive something, what do we do with it? What I would do with it is pray. Just ask God, what's this? What is this you're saying? What am I to do with it? Most of the time it's for prayer. Timing, if we're to share it, when are we going to share it? Like the lady I was telling you about that always had, um, had this year of ministry with her. Every time, I'd, every week I'd have a different picture of a situation which God would use to unlock her healing. So I knew that timing. Often I find it helpful to write things down. If I'm praying at night and I have a sense of something, I'll write it down. And then in the morning I'll look at it and say, okay, God, what am I to do with that? Okay. But if you do get something you share with anything, one thing I would say is it shouldn't be directional. You know, if you've got friends, I used to, lots of the young girls in China want to be married. They all want husbands. The ones who have the husbands are not quite so convinced, but the ones who haven't got husbands definitely want husbands. So it's natural when you're praying for them. Or the same with babies. They've had eight failed IVF attempts, and you know they're desperate for a baby. It's very easy to say, I feel God will give you a baby. Don't say that, because we don't know or God will give you a husband. Because what we're doing is we're projecting our desire. We'd love them to be married. We'd love to see them have a baby because that's what they want. But probably better not to say God told me you'd have a baby because if that is right, it's best to keep it to yourself and pray, God, you're going to give that person a baby. I'm trusting for it. And in 10 years' time, when they've got six babies, you can say, thank you, Lord, that you didn't need to tell anybody. Does that make sense? Also what I want to say, and when we do the little exercises that we're going to do, putting you in groups of four, you'll have a chance to speak some things. If you get one word, like the mac and cheese was two words, if you get one word, just share one word, because look at the impact that mac and cheese had on that person. If you wanted to make an essay out of it, it would not have the same impact. Often we think, one word, that's not much. How does that sound? But if God gives us one word, then that's what we share. So those are some of the basics of learning to listen for God. Um, and one of the main things about learning to listen is like when you learn anything, you practice. You know, we're never experts at anything straight away. Learning to listen to God is the same. It takes a little bit of faith to say, okay, God, I'm going to go on this journey of learning to listen to you. Help me to hear you. And write it on your journal or a piece of A4 paper. Lord, I want to learn to listen to you. Show me how. I've got my pen. I've got my eyes closed and I'm listening. And just record what comes to you. And then leave it and say, okay, Lord, talk to me about that a little bit more. Then you go back to it. So it's like a build-up, step by step by step. 
You won't expect to be day one not hearing and day two giving a word for the nation. You know, we're looking at baby steps, a word for my friend who needs encouraging, her husband's not very well, a word for my friend's child who's been sick for two weeks, you know, a word for, for this family are not sure where they're to go away in the summer or whether they've got the money. You know, those things, we start their baby steps. Um, anybody got any questions before we go on to our exercises? Anybody like to ask anything? You're all okay with that? Okay, so Andrea, do you want to come and explain? We've had some amazing stories, haven't we? <laughs> and I, w I was going to tell a story. For years, I'd actually uh, heard talks, read books, was really interested in wanting to hear God's voice. And I'd read these books and I'd hear these talks and I'd think, oh yes, this is great. And maybe I'd sort of take little steps, but never really did a huge amount about it, uh, with it. But one night... This isn't the story I was going to tell, but I suddenly felt this is the one I should tell. One night I had a dream and I woke up in tears in the morning with a song going around in my mind. And I thought, Lord, what on earth is this about? And I, I prayed about it and I thought about it. And I felt he said to me, you need to go and tell that to somebody in the church who I didn't really know very well. It was a lady, so I thought, well, I'm okay, it's going to be a lady. So I sat on it for a while, a bit like Alison said. I sat on it for a while, and I prayed about it, and I thought, I can't really do that. And I just kept thinking, you've got to do it, you've got to do it, Ruth. So I plucked up my courage, I phoned this lady, I said, hello, I'm Ruth, you probably know me, and she said, oh yes, I've seen you in church. I said, can I just come and see you? So I went to see her, and I, I told her this dream, and uh, she actually said, that is just what I need to hear at the moment. <coughs> I told her the words of the song and she said, that's where I am and that's what I need to hear. Well, it was almost like God had to speak to me in a dream and wake me up with it rather because I wasn't actually doing anything in the natural. I, I needed that push to actually do something through a dream. And I think sometimes, as Alison said, he's shouting loudly at us and we're not sort of connecting because we're not actually giving that time to actually listen to him and speak out. And it is just tiny little steps and it is being brave. Because, you know, my heart was going, and I was thinking, goodness me, what's she going to think about me? But, I mean, this, what we're going to do now is the first little step. And please, nobody, nobody feel anxious about it. And if you really feel you can't do it, no pressure. You don't have to do it. Wow, I don't know about the rest of you, but I, I get quite excited. I, it took me years to even trust that God might speak to me. And so with the encouragement from Alison and Ruth, I've been on an amazing journey. And that, that's the longing of my heart, that you all have a go, that you all trust God, because he does love you, and he desperately wants to speak to you. So we've just got a really couple of simple exercises. So first of all, if you can get into groups of four, preferably with people you don't know very well, but if you're really unsure and prefer to stick with somebody you know, that's fine. So if you could just do that now, get into groups of four, and Alison's going to give out some leaflets, oh, sorry, Ruth is, with pictures on it, but don't look at them yet. And this is going to be a fun exercise, so don't worry about it.
and as both